0: A super important podcast about hair, question mark, featuring Ryan Teal and Steven Adams as your co-host. Let's begin. Uh, I'm going to move actually because I think I'm all backlit and my hair looks like shit. Oh wait, that looks better. There you go. As long as you stay like, there you go. (laughs) Well, welcome to a super important podcast. We have Ryan Teal here and myself, Stephen Adams. And with us today, we have a very dear friend of ours, um, Kim Bennett. So welcome to our show (laughs) and to our podcast. Pretty awesome.
1: So I want to say a little, I mean, I'm super stoked to have you, Kim. Um, Evidently, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, We used to uh, know each other, uh, well, actually, all of us. You did two as well, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Rad. So so and then you do a lot of work with uh Hanzo Scissors. Um and well, then I was, what?
2: <laughs> Well, I I actually, you know, uh I don't work for the company, no, but oh. I do I do help them out from time to time. Yeah.
1: Nice. And I'm glad you're 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 doing this with us. Now um my whole thought is why don't you tell us a little bit about your history and tell everybody a little bit about your history and while you guys do that i'm going to go grab my drink so <laughs>
2: <laughs> well do you guys want me to start where would you like me to start beauty college or what like?
0: We start with who are you what you do what do you do now and how did you get to where you're at yeah. okay
2: that sounds good well um again I'm Kim Bennett for your viewers and I live in Denver Colorado and I um gosh I I have many titles I'm a national educator for Paul Mitchell still for almost 30 years now and I um, am Sola Salon Studios culture ambassador and director of industry relations so um how I got to all these crazy titles. <laughs> um, I i guess I would just say I, um, you know, I came from a small town. I went to a really vocational technical school, beauty college. It's kind of cute. I didn't even know there was a school for Vidal Sassoon or anything like that. Very humble beginnings. And, um, you know, being able to have access with John Paul Mitchell systems and and trainings with them. And that's where I met the both of you along my journey many, many years ago. And um, I uh, would fast forward to, uh, I was a booth renter in a salon here in Denver. And I know that Paul Mitchell started their um, Paul Mitchell Focus Salon Program, which is basically a perks program for salon owners and um in 2004 and i knew i wanted to be in one but there wasn't in one in denver colorado yet um and so that's when i met the owners or the co-founders i should say now of uh, a studios and we just kind of met in a starbucks and i talked to them about their concept they were creating they had not opened yet and um and i just saw a lot of integrity with them and i saw their vision and i believed in them like they did believe in me and so i kind of signed right up then in 2004 so it will be 15 years in a couple of weeks on july 12th for me to still be at sola so um so that's kind of my journey i still am in a SOLA salon studio like three to four days a week i still have my focus salon there And I love being behind the chair. That's my main passion. But, you know, obviously being an educator all these years and um, giving back to the industry is also another purpose that I have. I love it. And um, so when I came on board uh, with Sola about five years ago, I guess, um, they just kind of needed connection to the industry for education for their uh, salon owners and their stylists to be connected to the brands that they love the most. and and then I kind of became, uh, you know, the first stylist ever. So uh, the culture ambassador role kind of played into that. And then the director of industry relations is just to keep content- connecting them, um, you know, to the industry through education and, and all of that. So it sounds like a lot, but really I just am a true entrepreneur. <laughs> nice.
0: It's
1: cool that you were the first, so, so you were the first uh, person to have a solo suite, yeah? So- Cheers, by the way. <laughs> I
2: love you guys. I did have a little glass of wine. I love it. <laughs>
1: well, this is just water, by the way. Oh, yes, of course. Me, too. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. What was your question? Uh, so you were, like, one of the first to actually have, like, the first solo suite. Ever. Yes, yeah, the very first.
2: So when I... I said, Oh my gosh, I believe in what you guys are doing and that this is exactly what I need. Um, I said, I'll sign a lease right now. And they said, Whoa, well, we don't really have one yet. And so the joke was we I go, Well, I'll sign a napkin, you know, in Starbucks. So it's kind of a cute story. Um, but they built it about six months later. And um, you know, I went back to my salon owners and told them what I wanted and that I wanted to be in a Paul Mitchell Focus Salon. And they said, we'd love to be that too one day. And then eventually they did. Um, you know, but I just wanted to practice what I preached from my stage. And, and at that time, nobody had really seen that concept. I mean, there were kind of suites, kind of in other states, but it was a little different. There You really were more of a booth runner. You weren't really the salon owner. And that's where Sola kind of took it into a different direction. And so I just saw the opportunity of just, being able to be on stage and be a salon owner with a lot of the people that I'm, uh, you know, teaching to, and then still just kind of be on my own. I was able to leave with some integrity and, and not take anybody with me and open another salon and all that drama. You know, I just really wanted my own dream and I'm still living it.
0: (laughs) What's interesting to me is, I mean, I've, over the years as an, as an employer, you know, I had a problem as an employer. I've lost a lot of people over the years to Seoul, which is fine. That's their dream. But this hard part is what makes me wonder a little bit. I see people that go in and then they leave, and I'm just like, but I think it's amazing that you're still there and you oh. have long term. You know, so I see it like a rotation because I stop in and miss rotation. So I'm kind of curious um, what the percentages are of. How many people actually stay? And how many people like, use it as kind of like a stepping stone to the next step?
2: You know, um, that's a great question. I'm not seeing you anymore. So I'm sorry, Stephen. Uh-huh. I'm sure you were both uh-huh. away that- <laughs> <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> You know, but I heard everything. Yeah. Um, it was a really good question. You know, obviously, um, you know, we're celebrating our 15th anniversary, yeah. you know, so it's not just my anniversary, it still is as well. And, um, you know, we, uh, are just surpassed 14,000 salon owners. So, you know, they are in, um, all of, almost all of the States and went into Canada and Brazil. So they're international now, wow. um, you know, but it's interesting where, you know, maybe that might be your region or your territory. Um, you know, I, you know, I just try to look at it from a bigger picture. Um, you know, it's easy to kind of categorize it as the salon suite where, you know, they kind of go in and leave, but it's really not much different than any kind of business model. I mean, to think that someone would probably go into a chain salon, you know, um, you know, I'm not saying any names, but I'm just trying to think off the top of my head like a cost cutters or something like that. I mean, typically, I don't think that they would expect them to be there for like twenty five years, you know, and then I don't really know the statistics of a traditional salon anymore. I mean, in my mind, I grew up, you know, I'm 46 now. So, you know, booth rent was still kind of new, you know, like when I was graduating beauty college, you know, at 18.
1: Yeah. And
2: um, so, you know, that concept I had never really heard of until I came to the big city of Denver. And, um, you know, so I, I saw a lot of moving around in that world anyway, maybe in an independent scenario. Um, to, to be a little bit more specific, Um, you know, Sola was kind of the first and now there's several brands of salon suites. So I'm sure that independent is probably shopping around a little bit. I know that from having a great relationship with all of our uh, franchise owners who are amazing, by the way, um, you know, we have all different kinds of stories of why they leave. I mean, one of my favorites is typically we don't ever want anybody to leave. No salon, you know, ever wants that. But I do see a lot of them maybe use it as a platform uh, to be their own salon owner and then maybe, you know, train a few people out of there or maybe get a couple of stylists working with them and kind of, it's like a more safe environment, probably crammed, but you know, to kind of build until they can leave and open their own, um, you know, traditional salon. So we actually hear that story probably more than, Oh, we're just leaving because we want to shop around to another suite Um, you know, I typically, I mean, I like to pride myself of being their culture ambassador, that the tools that our team has created is really to try to help them be a better salon owner. So now you're getting a generation that's coming in with that kind of mindset. And if they, you know, say, oh, I want more, they already kind of know what it feels like to be a salon owner. And then says, okay, now I'm ready to have a five chair, six chair salon. So Now that we're at 15 years, it's kind of neat because I think the industry is seeing that shift as well as that's actually more opportunity for them too.
0: Yeah. No, that's, thank you. That was answers it perfectly. I was just, just I've always been curious because it's like I do see rotation sometimes. Yeah,
2: and then there's still the stories too that it just wasn't for them. Like I said, I'm a true entrepreneur. So yeah, 15 years in, it still feels like, the first day, you know, but, um, but, you know, some people get in and just realize, you know, maybe they need to be around more people, um, you know, like, you know, juicing off of each other or, um, they don't want the responsibility of, of, you know, um, you know, doing their own bills and taxes and all that stuff. It's a lot to be a salon owner, you know, it's a little easier when it's just you, but, um, and then, you know, the last part of that, you know, when you said, curious why I stay for fifteen years. I'm very happy, but you also have to realize all the hats I wear. I'm a single mom. Um, you know, I I already have the taste of being a salon owner. So um, you know, it would be probably difficult for me to, to go like, you know, just into a regular traditional salon from here. But but I also don't really want to be anybody's boss. I have a lot of respect for traditional salon owners. They they put their heart, soul, everything into it and try to create a culture and be a coach and all of that. And I just thank the world for all of them in the industry. I have the highest respect. I just don't know if I'd be really good at that. Um, I think
1: I'd be a pushover. I'm kind of too sweet, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, The whole solo thing to me, I, at first I was kind of, you know, I, I think I was like everybody else. Cause you know, I was a salon owner when when the sweets—not just solo, but when the sweets sort of take, not taking over, but sort of coming into existence—and I kind of feel like um, now, like I respect the hell out of them because I also look at them as um, the the food trucks, you know, <laughs> like the food truck of the hair industry. I, I mean, and, and um, yeah. you know, it's it's a great way to start a business. You know, a small business where you just take care of yourself. You do what you like. You make your own hours. If you are a entrepreneur like yourself, um, you can you can work really hard and be very successful, or you can screw off and and you know be a piece of shit, and not have a good business anyways. You know, <laughs> and you you can almost you know either just keep it as a food truck, which I'm not talking bad. Um, no, 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 I. Or you can even go into like a brick and mortar and eventually, like you said, have your own salon, which is, you know, a, a bigger, you know, 12, 20 chair salon, which, that's you well. know, that's kind of rough as well. So I, I actually love it. And I I think I even told you this uh, this morning, Kim, I truly feel that, that if I was to get back behind the chair, I probably would be in a solo now. You know, I, I think that, I think that it's, it's the way to go. It's, 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 our industry, especially for somebody who's on the road as, as, you know, as much as, you know, some of us are, you know, I mean, 40 last year, I mean, it's, it would be so much easier to be in a a small salon and and my own salon and just, you know, keep all the money instead of giving it away to um, your employees.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, it's a good point to say that, um, you know, I get to go to all the hair shows where I get to see all you great educators, like two of yourselves, and, um, you know, it's pretty cool when they walk off stage and say, Hey, I know you, I'm out of Sola <laughs> exactly. and, you know, I'm like, Oh, you are. So it does make sense for, you know, people who maybe, um, are educators. We have so many in our system, you know, um, you know, that, you know, like yourself, you know, that travel a lot, you, you know, you don't have to be uh, responsible for the livelihood of these other people, you know, when you just are kind of your own boss for yourself, and then, you know, the other aspect, like where you said, the food truck thing, it's kind of like Uber. I always say Uber, you know, yeah. uh, you know, but, um, but I, it is true. Like what I think is what makes Sola special and, you know, I have to plug it or I wouldn't be good at my title. Um, but, you know, we work really hard. I mean, these, these teams, like the marketing team and everybody that's put tools together to really, truly help them be the best salon owner that they can be so i think it it is true like they'll know how to do their bookkeeping their taxes and know how to have an online booking service to help them um you know with expenses everything inventory um we do marketing we have a solo pro app where We teach them how to market themselves, how to take advantage of social media, how to run uh, your business, how to, you know, look at your numbers differently. We ask coaches from all over the industry to help us. Uh, We're doing one right now um, coming up, you know, on, you know, facing fears of things like raising your prices and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if they if they're go getters, we have the resources for them, you know, you know, to take advantage of, you know, so so it wouldn't surprise me. You know that um, successful salons down the road, you know, might have started in a solo.
1: I think it's amazing, and and Thank I i you. know quite a few of your guys' uh, uh, quite a few of your guys's franchises, and I think every single one of them I met, especially the one who who am I talking about? Who I think is is amazing? Who who's that guy? Which
2: um, one? We have many. oh the one um, I I think even Haynes
1: yes oh man one of yeah, the best, a, one of the best uh, uh yeah. business owners I, I think i've ever met not just you know uh a franchisee obviously but but you know business owners plus there's the SOLA in san diego i think that i love as well I, yeah I think, yeah
2: That would be austin campbell he just got featured in an article he you know we're pretty proud of him on that one (laughs) you know um they are and you know the interesting thing is none of them came from the industry not i mean maybe one or two might have dabbled you know um but you know they really are more business-minded and their whole focus is just to take the operations out of it for you to have a successful environment to you know, fulfill your dreams. So it really is entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. I, I know that, you know, probably the first 10 years, they're just popping up. And like Stephen said, some people are leaving and this and that. Um, You know, so uh, when I came on board, it was a little tough. I was a little naive to the industry, you know, they kind of gave me the, oh, well, we love you, Kim, but, you know, what are you doing? You know, and I was like, but I've been doing this for over 10 years. And then they were like, oh, you were? Like they had no idea that I reached the success that I had, but I was just by myself. They just assumed I had like, you know, a 10 chair salon. They yeah. just, it you know, just never was spoken about. Right. So I think that's when it was awareness to me like, oh, you know, um, you know, it's, it's time. We all need to just kind of get out in the open and talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about the elephant in the room.
0: Um, oh, <laughs> <which bit. one>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know amazon oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> amazon amazon you know i I personally love what amazon is uh, is doing i mean. I actually can't buy from Amazon because I have to touch everything. And I love shopping. Like I actually can walk into, I can walk into any, like I am the best, um, like straight gay boyfriend that, that you know, for anybody because I love, I love shopping for women. I love, you know, that's one of my favorite things on earth and, and you know, whatnot. So Amazon really isn't my bag, but I love what they're doing. Um And I kind of want to hear your guys' opinions on, you know, how things are going with this whole Amazon thing.
2: Sure. I I mean, do you want to go first, Stephen? I still no. can't see you. If I need to do something to my phone, I apologize. No,
0: don't worry. My... Okay. As long as you can hear me, then we're doing just fine. Oh,
2: there you are. I see oh. you now.
0: <laughs> there we go. No, why don't you why don't you go first on this this topic? Because I I want to talk about this, but this is a good one.
2: Okay, well, um, you know, I'm not an expert by any means. You know, I can just give my own personal yeah. opinion about it. Um, you know, obviously when Amazon uh, came out with um, the program, you know, for the associate program, and now I actually did do that out of my studio. Um. You know, I do have you know means to you know <laughs> talk to a couple of different experts. I did talk to some people from Amazon before it launched, and um, and also the manufacturer you know that I work with. And typically, what was interesting for me is um, I wanted to know like you know why all of a sudden they came out of nowhere and you know was ready to uh, get the stylist involved and let them have a store on Amazon and all of that. So some facts that I can give you is, um, you know, a lot of the brands, you know, jumped into it because they wanted to try to help control diversion. Mm. Um, a lot of, uh, unauthorized sellers are on Amazon or were, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, so Amazon's deal was like, okay, well, let's, let's give a cut to the stylist if they have their store on here, it comes direct from the manufacturer and therefore they can get like a commission check basically. Um, and then, um, you know, we'll cut all of the unauthorized sellers that you have not approved as a manufacturer out of Amazon. So they just cut them all off, like completely. So they had to be authorized by the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So when I applied, it took me about two to three weeks to get accepted. Um, and then I got my own store. Um, the benefit for me was, is I am in a solo salon, but I'm a big retailer out of my studio um you know i i do very very well i pay all of my rent with retail mm-hmm. and you know my goals are you know 30 to 40,000 a year just in retail sales right. so you know i those are my goals it's tight you know but i try so you can understand that retail is a big part of my business but when i'm not there and i'm on the road like we were all just talking about earlier um you know they're left to having to go to um looking on amazon and then they were buying diverted product or going to Ulta you know and things like that so for it was a a way for me to still meet their needs and give them a better experience out of my studio when I could not cater to their needs and there's also like benefits to that like their mountain home or when they're going on vacation and they can order so fast forward to the announcement last week where they're doing more business to business to Stylus. And, you know, I don't know much about that, to be honest, and why they finally decided and what their big major goals are. But what I do know is, what what I understand is the number one search for Amazon is beauty products. Mm-hmm. So... That's what drives the consumer, the number one thing to Amazon first, and then they'll get on and play and maybe buy a TV or a radio or whatever. So that's what piqued their interest about the professional beauty side. So then they sent out this search team and they went and got haircuts and services and all this in our industry to see like how many people actually recommended beauty products to them since we got to control all those sales, right? Through our distributor. And they said less than half of a 1% recommended product to them when they left the salon. Isn't that crazy? Obviously they weren't in our salons, right? (laughs) But you know, but you know, it's, it's the reality that they were looking at. And so they saw a huge opportunity. So that's probably where they got introduced and started building relationships with salons. And so it just, my opinion personally is, I think it's just an evolution from that and said, well, we might as well try to give them what they need to, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really think that Amazon is a, look, they're really looking at what their market is and they're looking at their market and they're saying, okay, our, con- we have all of these people that are hitting and searching for, um, they're actually searching for beauty products. We need to be able to control it and make sure that we're not, upsetting the manufacturers making sure that everything is is all you know like it's a good product delivered to the customer from the manufacturer and I think it's an awesome thing I mean for myself I did exactly even though I own a big salon I did the same thing I have an Amazon store I became an affiliate I'm also going to become an influencer affiliate because you can become a social media influencer so Ryan you could be selling products through Amazon I have no clue what I would sell. <laughs> I haven't worked that in a is, salon. You could just sell like booze, beard oil. You <laughs> could do beard oil. Beer oil. <laughs> it can be anything. It doesn't really matter. But it's like you. <clears throat> the cool thing about it is they're hitting um they're hitting a market that of people that only want to shop on that online. I still. Absolutely. You know you know it's like in our salon we're still doing 14 to 16 thousand dollars a month in retail sales it's like yeah it's great it could be better i'm shooting for 20 that's my goal but it's like you want to be able to like constantly push it but at the same time if i can just pick up a little bit here and there for my clients who can't come in to pick up the products if i can get a little bit of people exactly. traveling around and I definitely have seen a little bit of it, and that's really awesome. You know, I think it's a good thing, and I'm kind of excited for Amazon launching their um, their distribution to professionals. I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do with it, because I, I mean, over the years, Ryan and I've talked about. It, I think distribution needs to change, and so I'm really curious to see how that's going to happen.
2: I kind of well, like... and...
0: go ahead.
2: Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, the thing is, you have to also think like it kind of goes back to the solo thing, you know, there's a lot more independence than people realize. And, you know, the traditional setup of sales through distribution is more bigger traditional salons that have, you know, 40 stylists. So, you know, that's where they started popping up stores everywhere. So these independents could go in and shop and get what they need. Um, you know, so it's just an evolution of the stores, the way I look at it uh, probably is, you know, convenient. And then we kind of go back to, um, you know, like what I said about chain salons, you know, like where all of their products are already, you know, purchased through like one warehouse and then shipped to them. And, you know, think of all those stylists who just want onesie twosies of stuff, like, Oh, I'm going to color my mom's hair for the 4th of July. You know, I need a couple of tubes, but they don't have access to a rep or, A distributor unless there's a store down the street from them so it it just makes sense you know like I see it being more of in the beginning probably stylists who you know maybe don't plan ahead you know I know a ton that just go oh I just look at my week and then I order my color for that you know they like you know they just don't they're not planners to where i would freak out like i like inventory like it's, i want to make sure i have everything i need so whoever walks through my door i have exactly what i need you know but that's just me you know so everybody's different and like you know ryan said he likes to touch things he's a shopper like that you know so um and uh Steven, you know he had a very valid point about you know who their target is and um you know personally I'm not just old school cause I'm old, but you know, I, I believe in relationships. You guys know that about me. I mean, you know, that my relationships mean everything to me. So I like to do my business with relationships. So I personally like to use this service, um, correctly from sales reps. I have a great relationship with my distributor. I, you know, want my sales rep. I, we just went to a bas- a baseball game yesterday together, you know, like I, that's important to me. I know he's looking at my points for me. He's making sure that I'm getting what I deserve. If I get any specific education or free tickets to a show or whatever, you know, so, so to me, there's more value in that than just shopping onesie, twosies online where you kind of miss all of that benefit, um, you know, but, but I think, you know, it's great if, the distributors I mean not the distributors but the manufacturers made that choice I guess it's theirs
0: yeah I think it's you know even so I rented I rented a station in a salon before I opened my salon because I wanted to see if I could run a business and make sure that I understood how it worked but even that, at that point I still worked with distributors and I think it's really important And I'm <clears throat> that's a this is comes to an interesting question at Sola do you guys teach um the people in solo two work with the distributors because you know stores have a markup of like you know anywhere from 10 to 20 percent higher price point um than working actually through a salesperson and a distributor you guys like share that information with them
2: yeah we do um it's really important like when franchise owners open and managers they try to reach out to all the distributors so they can build those relationships so then they know that They can walk them down the hall and say, hey, this is, you know, this is your local rep. They carry this A, B, C, and D. So a lot of them have like open houses a lot, you know, so those reps can come in and talk about what products they have, you know, especially when they're first opening and, you know, just really build those relationships. We know that it's very important because also those franchise owners and managers you know want opportunity to try to book education and and you know get them involved in their community more and you know all of that and you know the distributor is the hub for that
0: just so you guys know we have about nine minutes remaining just wanted to. for 30
2: minutes yeah yeah 45 minutes we've
0: already got 30 plus minutes
2: oh my goodness time
0: flies when you're having fun always
2: always well then we need a 2.0 let's
0: do it next week definitely
1: (laughs) um so so i'm gonna chime in really quick on on just what i i think about the whole thing um and if you like I, i i know that some of you guys like whatever um i love it i love the fact that they're doing it i think that any distributor that's afraid is afraid because they sell soap um and like you were saying kim um if you sell soap, you're going to die. You know, Amazon's going to kill you. I mean, really. Um, if you sell relationships and you work off of a relationship type thing, you're going to survive because that's what Amazon can't replace. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like um, it's a coming to Jesus meeting, really. And and I, I'm, I'm so grateful that they finally did it because, you know, when I hear salespeople saying, oh, I don't want to go into that. Those sweets because I don't want to have to stop in every single one of the sweets and blah 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 because it's too much work. Fan freaking tastic, man! Then stay out of them, you know, and die on the vine because that's what you're gonna do. And Amazon's gonna replace you. That's cool, you know. Where where I think it's I think it's wonderful that that you know they're finally going. It's it's like I said, it's a coming of Jesus. Is you know my old thought. So, yeah, and I think it also goes back to training, you know.
2: Um, you know, you kind of have to go to the drawing board and just try to figure out what the best experience is. Maybe the old ways of just calling on people, you know, it might need to be more, you know, like FaceTiming and, you know, quick things like that. If you can't, don't have the time to get in the car and go to all these places, you know, just get a little bit more creative. That's what I always try to coach, you know, these sales reps that they really want to, they're just scrambling because they have one way of doing things, so they kind of need to create a new way.
1: Yeah. And I I feel like sales is a byproduct of service as opposed to service is a byproduct of sales. You know, I feel like if you have good customer service at from from distribution, like like as a rep, then you're going to get sales because you deliver good service. So it doesn't matter what what you know bottle of soap or tube or or tub or can you sell, it's going to sell because people wanna are buying you, not buying you know, your, your sons essentially.
0: I, I've stopped working with distributors over the years because of, purely because of bad sales, yeah. of bad yeah. relationships, and because of, like, not good customer service. So I think it's really, I think, I mean, it comes down to, like, if you're an independent business, if you're an independent um, distributor, if you're just a small manufacturer, it doesn't matter what it is, it's always about, building relationships and I think that's why Kim you're in your position that's so awesome oh, yeah. says, you're the right that's true
2: yeah. <laughs> well and you know it just doesn't stop at Sola you know I still love being an educator and going into all kinds of salons and um, I, uh, sorry, I'm getting a call.
0: <laughs> That's okay. It's like, wait, we got we got a nice picture of you. <laughs> <a good> picture. <laughs> oh, there you are. You're in real life, though. Almost look like the picture. <laughs> you there? Uh-oh. Can't you. We can't hear you. We only got five minutes left. Oh! Uh, almost... You back? Uh-oh. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Uh-oh, here we go. Oh, we had a challenge earlier, but she figured it out. So maybe we can do it again. Oh. It's a beautiful picture, though.
1: Yeah, it is a pretty good picture.
0: I know. That's a really good headshot. I yeah. Much better than looking at you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you there, Kim? Uh-oh. This might I was totally going to get into the whole like you know what is your what is your favorite bands are into right
0: well, now Well I know it's time it's at 5 minutes it's time okay. to talk about music Well while she's gone what bands are you into right now I just saw the rope I, uh, Oh my
1: god
2: I uh, am so sorry you guys What's I you? like I got this call and I did decline and then it hung up on this. I apologize. How unprofessional. I do not know what I'm doing. I do? We kept going. Uh, okay. You not
0: know
2: um, what we doing either. I'm a hairstylist. I'm doing my best. Um, <laughs> okay. So I, I just, to go back to where I lost you guys, you we were talking about the relationships and I do pride myself on that. And, you know, I think, I think what's most important to me is giving a guest experience and, and really I sell a lot of products, but I'm not a pusher. You know, I it's where my heart is. I know that I can't get what I want without using them. So why wouldn't I think that my my unprofessional client could do it without it? So it's that simple. So I really always have like a simple approach and, and I'm very passionate about our industry and all of us rising above together. You know, the way all three of us do our business is completely different. And you know the idea of sola, I think finally everyone's looking at it like, oh, they're salon owners. But I don't own the building I work in. I just lease my space. I just choose to have a two-chair salon. I don't know if you own your building, Stephen, but yeah. maybe you lease it and you choose to have a thirty-chair salon, and then therefore your business model has to be different than mine. You know, and and that's all it is. It's truly just that simple. I don't know if a owns their building, so they have a different you know, way of doing their business, how they do it, you know, because they're part of a franchise. So I just think, you know, tying this whole conversation together is, um, you know, I want to leave a little bit of a legacy of doing that, building relationships, bringing this industry together, rising above, building our, you know, our level of our industry higher and higher. And, and I think with the Amazon part, you know, I think, yeah, they're, they're a big dog out there, and they're going to play in our world, and we can play with them, um, or if you choose not to, then look at it as an advantage and start building better relationships with your distributors and saying, okay, well, what are you going to offer me that, you know, Amazon can't, and that will build a relationship, you know, then you discuss stuff like, um, you know, education and, and different opportunity. Um, you know, maybe no one's ever taken a part of, you know, a perks program because they're not a 40 chair salon. So maybe brands will start creating better, you know, opportunities for independence at a different level. Um, You know, and it just goes on and on and on, you know, buy-in deals are smaller, um, you know, with benefits, you know, things like that. So I think, you know, if we're smart, we can really raise that bar and, and, you know, have a better relationship.
0: Awesome. All right. So this is the point we just got to ask you really fast in like couple, in one minute. Okay. Favorite bands.
2: My favorite what?
0: Bands. Who do you, who are you listening to music wise?
2: Oh, uh, well, it's always with Prince like, and you know, Oh, and I know that's your hometown. So, um, you know, but I don't know, I'm going to Nashville for solo sessions in September and I get to see Lenny Kravitz. I haven't, I've never seen him live. So I'm a huge fan of him and also a crush. Hello. Um so I love him. So that's kind of my vibe, you know.
1: Nice. So in September. What was that? When when in September,
2: kid? Um, the solo sessions is September 16th and it's the first time we sold out already. Um, you know, uh and that's never happened to us before, nice. like, and we're not even done with our early bird pricing. <laughs> so we're really excited. So Nashville must be where it's at. <laughs> and then, um, so the concert is a few days before. So I'm really excited. I get to go see him before that.
1: Yes, nice. nice. And then how do people get a hold of you?
2: Okay, so I'm on Instagram. My professional is Kimmy Kisses, K I M I. Underscore Kisses, and that's just because that was a nickname for a long time ago. Um, it's probably, you know, people misunderstand it sometimes. But thank you, thank you. I, it's really just I'm a hugger, and when you get a hug from me, you guys probably know. You walk around, you're like, where's this blonde hair come from, or why do I have glitter on me, or there's a lipstick on your cheek, and that's where giving kisses came from. So it's really about
1: just loving everybody. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was wonderful talking to you
0: yeah oh my
2: gosh i am so honored i'm really excited for your podcast
0: thank you so much again for listening to the super important podcast about hair featuring Stephen adams and host ryan teal hopefully we'll see you again if you want to follow But you can follow us also on Apple and also on Google.